Icons of Real Estate, Oregon. Are you ready to learn from the real life experiences and the proven money-making secrets of Oregon's top producers? If you're an ambitious real estate agent in Oregon ready to skyrocket your business, then this podcast is for you. I'm your host, Maureen Healy, licensed Oregon realtor. Tune in weekly where every guest will have a story to tell and tips to share to help you increase your own business. Brought to you by the Masters in Real Estate Marketing, Arter SEO, and your all-inclusive real estate platform, Icons of Real Estate. Hello, everyone. This is Maureen Healy. I'm your host of the Icons of Real Estate Oregon podcast. Welcome. Thanks for joining us today. I have the pleasure of speaking with Laura Picard, who is a broker at Cascade Hassan Sotheby's International Realty in Lake Oswego. Welcome, Laura. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Happy to have you. I always like to start the podcast with a little bit of a history lesson and just find out how long you've been doing this. And if you had another job before, either real estate related or unrelated, what was it? And how did you come to be a real estate agent? So I'm entering my 18th year of being a realtor. I was originally licensed in um, Georgia and I was a realtor in Atlanta. And um, prior to that, I was in marketing. Um, I did uh, international marketing, um, lots of events. I traveled a ton. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. But my uh, then boyfriend, soon to be husband, was selling his place in Atlanta and just had a terrible time doing it. It was a really painful experience. And I thought, you know what? I can do this. And so mm-hmm. that led me to wanting to get my real estate license. And I think I was a little bit burnt out on marketing at the time. And so I got my license and um, immediately figured out that this wasn't as easy as I thought it was from the outside. <laughs> and um, even though we had a great um, mentoring program where I was, you know, it's hard work and, you know, you're kind of left to your own devices. So, um, you know, that was a a bit of a a lesson, but then we moved to Boulder, Colorado, and I transferred my license there, had to start from ground zero yet again, but at least I'd gone to the university of Colorado and at least had some contacts in Boulder, but, um, you know, that's where I, I really hit my stride and got to try a lot of different aspects of real estate. The broker that I worked for um, really empowered me to do a lot of things. I ended up um, managing one of his satellite offices. I also managed a development that he had um, the listing on. And so at a a very early stage in my career, I got to um, try a lot of different hats on and see what I liked best. But I also decided that I really enjoyed being out in the field. I did like being in a sales office. Mm-hmm. And um, even though I like, you know, some of the managerial aspects, I really, I like selling and um, that's where I'm happiest. So how long was the, the time frame in Atlanta before you moved to Colorado? It was a year. So a it year. wasn't Okay. Whole, so you got time. like a taste test uh, for a year yeah. in Atlanta and then moved to Colorado and really got going. Sounds like. Yes. Yes. And how did and, you get connected with the broker in Colorado? Did you, did somebody introduce you or how did you choose who to go with? No, I just called him and, um, you know, hit it off right away. He's a very, um, you know, very charismatic person and, um, 
you know, he was a very successful realtor in addition to being um, a managing broker and owned the company. But he immediately, you know, talked to me about the possibilities and things that would be, um, you know, ways that I could help and things that I could do. And I was very excited by that. And so um, I joined that company and never looked back. Sounds like a wonderful experience to 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 get to t- do a variety of different roles within an office and yes. figure out what you like best. Yes, it was. <laughs> so now that you're in, you've been in Lake Oswego for quite some time, um, and I noticed that you're also licensed in Washington as well. So, what yes. geographic areas are you currently working in? So obviously like us, we go, cause it's, you know, where I live, where my kids go to school, um, you know, but I also have a wider geographic area, you know, basically the entire um, Portland metro area mm-hmm. and into Washington, but I also do farm ranch and vineyard listings and that can take further afield. And, you know, I was just in Dayton, um, I think when I spoke to you yesterday and, um, you know, I'll go uh, outside of Salem and, you know, some areas that are a little bit further afield for those acreage properties. Oh my goodness. So have you done vineyards then? Yes. Um, my colleague, yeah, my colleague Tina Jacobson and I have um, partnered in those aspects, you know, okay. the vineyard um, listings. We just decided it was better to do that as a duo and it's worked out really well. And so we've had the opportunity to list and sell some of those vineyard properties. And that's been another fun thing because it's it is different from residential real estate. You know, there's some other complexities that enter the equation. And uh, in addition, they're sold off market a lot of times. And so how do you sell a secret? And, you know, <laughs> that, that in itself is a really good topic that we should touch on. <laughs> definitely, definitely. So, um, you know, that's been fun too. And something that, you know, I had a chance to do by joining Sotheby's. And so I'm thankful for that opportunity. So do you tend to work more on the listing side or the buyer side or kind of 50-50? I'm a little bit more listing heavy. However, I really enjoy working with buyers. And I think it's fun to be on the other side of the transaction because I find if I'm only doing listings, you lose a little bit of sight into, you know, what the buyers are looking for in their point of view. And um, so I really try to balance it as much as I can. I I do enjoy doing both myself because you really, you know, kind of being boots on the ground out with the buyers, you get such a good feeling for their, what am I trying to say? Like how they're viewing the market. Yeah. It's not going to be the same as how we view it, obviously, because we're in it every day. But when you're, when they're the buyer, especially if it's a first time buyer, um, looking at it through their eyes, I think is really valuable. And then you can bring that experience over to the listing side and kind of help educate sellers Especially mm-hmm. now when things are starting to change from the way the craziness that we had a couple of years ago and up until last year with the low interest rates and sellers yeah. didn't get anything they wanted. Yeah. <laughs> and the tables are turning. Yes. Have you seen a shift up close? Definitely. definitely. And I think, you know, there's still limited inventory. So you definitely see competitive situations, especially if something's priced below market, you know, it's getting extremely competitive in some cases. Yes. 
but I feel like things that are not priced um, to sell, you know, sometimes sit and that's where the kind of disconnect comes in where the seller's like, well, you know, I feel like it's worth X based on, you know, what's happened over the last two years. And the buyer's like, no, I'm not seeing that. And, uh-huh. you know, and they want, um, you know, concessions, you know, price, things like that. And so, which I think is a healthier perspective anyway, because when you're waiving appraisals and inspections and things like that, I think it's kind of scary territory. I agree, especially for people who either are first time buyers or maybe they've only bought once in the past and it was many years ago to come back in and be, you know, giving away kind of all of your power in the situation is is a scary place to be. But at the same time, we were, we were in a situation where it's like, do you want a house or not? Oh, totally. So (laughs) like, you may not have even seen the house and, you know, you just, this is what's available and, you know, you have the chance to get it. So take it or leave it. And that's not, that doesn't feel good on the buying side either. No. No, but I'm glad people were able to get in. And now it's going to be interesting going forward now that the rates have adjusted because the buyers that got in on those very low rates who may, you know, in three to five years want to upgrade or locate, relocate to a different neighborhood, they're going to may have a very hard time wanting to give up that low rate that they had. Yeah. And in some ways, you know, they're kind of trapped in that interest rate because unless you're willing to, um, you know, you're having to make a move, whether it be out of state or, you know, you have a a lifestyle change or economic event, you don't necessarily want to because you're like, well, gosh, you know, I can't really buy much on the other side, especially at the rate that it is right now. And I'm just going to stay put. Maybe I'll, you know, update my kitchen and just call it good and, you know, stay here longer. Right. Or start doing some outdoor uh, upgrades or something to make the space, uh, you know, more livable and sit for a little while. It, It is an interesting situation that I've been doing this now since 2017. So I haven't been through like you know, multiple market cycles, it's been pretty mm-hmm. much on an upswing ever since I started. And I feel yeah. like now it's sort of leveling off, but it's certainly not tanking either. And yeah. it is still tough out there on buyers, a um, little bit easier, but still tough overall, I think. It really is. And especially, you know, in certain price points, I mean, it's just, you know, it can get frustrating, I think, from the buyer perspective, because I feel like there's so little that's available. And, you, you know, some of the things that they have to take on as a buyer, you know, maybe condition wise or location wise, that's not ideal. And, you know, but so it really, I think they have a lot to weigh. But at the same time, it's, you know, it's still a good investment. You hold yes. something long term. And if you're approaching it from that perspective, um, it can make sense to buy versus rent. And because sure. rent um, have been historically, you know, higher than real estate. So it just seems like I think even for a first time home buyer, they're weighing all that and saying, well, gosh, you know, I'm having to take things that are less than ideal, but it's still better than renting. Right. Especially with rent being, you know, in the metro area, at least in some cases, an apartment costs as much as like a mortgage payment. Yeah, or more. Uh, right. $2,500, $3,000 a month is not unusual now for rent. And that's just astonishing. I came from property management. I was doing multifamily property management for several years. And the 
in this area and the increase from, you know, 2014 to now is just mind boggling. It really is. When I was doing it before, when I started in that time frame, I mean, we had, you know, like a two bedroom apartment was still 750 a month to put it into perspective. (laughs) And now like a one bedroom or maybe even barely a one bedroom is like 1600 a month. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) It's, it's nuts out there. Um, What would you say your superpowers are in real estate or as an agent? So one thing I really always tried to pride myself on is my client relationships and to really go above and beyond for my clients and look at it more as a holistic long-term thing versus a transactional thing. Because, you know, sometimes transactions don't work out, you know, situations change. I want this client in 10 years, not just today. So, you know, sometimes you don't get that paycheck. Sometimes things don't close. And, you know, I still want, you know, this relationship to be alive, um, you know, 10 years from now. So that's really my main goal as a realtor. Do you have um, any systems or processes in place or software that you use, or I don't know, I guess what's worked best for you in continuing those relationships and then also trying to bring in new clients? I'm probably not a very systems driven person. I manage a lot through, you know, my um, Outlook contacts and my Excel spreadsheet, which probably makes a lot of people cringe. And there's absolutely a better system out there. It's just, you know, that's what works for me and what I gravitate towards. And I've definitely used different systems, but I feel like I always kind of come back to what works for me. And, um, but more than anything, it's really trying to kind of go through, like, I'll have my list of like, prospects and, you know, people, um, you know, that have, you know, they're looking for something, you know, if the right thing came up, they might do something. And I kind of have my list and I really try to stay in contact with people and, you know, Hey, let's go have coffee. Hey, you know, let's catch up, you know, let's go grab a drink together or whatever. And they may not have an immediate need, but you know, it's, kind of staying top of mind with people because everybody knows, you know, five realtors and, you know, (laughs) the last person that they talk to, you know, they're more likely to use you. So um, just trying to stay in front of people and top of mind without being um, cheesy about it. Yeah. Pushy and yeah. Like too many follow-ups in a, you know, in a short amount of time, it is a delicate balance, I think too. And staying authentic because there's certain things that I would say or do that, you know, if it were like automated for me, I think might not feel as authentic. And so I really try to be um, aware of that, Um, maybe even to, you know, a detriment, but I, I, I try to be authentic in how I communicate with people. Do you do any sort of paid advertising? No, um, outside of Zillow, I have not. And, um, you know, I do social media and, um, you know, could I be better at it? Absolutely. Like that's, you know, a big learning curve for me and something that I would like to be better at. 
Um, but I always kind of, you know, have this fine line where it's like, I still, I want to do it, but I want to be authentic. You know, where people that know me and have known me for years would be like, yeah, that sounds like Laura, not, you know, this is Laura trying to sell me real estate. Right. So trying to balance that too. And so, you know, um, I really don't do any advertising. Going into 2023, you know, we're now heading into the second quarter, but um, for me personally, I know that I always like to sit down in November or early December and think about my business goals for the following year, whether it's like a volume level that I want to reach or a number of transactions per month or a number of new clients. Um, did you have any sort of specific goals coming into this year? And if so, how are you working on achieving them? Again, you know, I'm not super systems driven, um, but I do try to evaluate where my business comes from and, you know, quantify, okay, you know, X percent comes from this and, you know, X percent comes from this and try to budget my time accordingly. Um, sometimes things fall in your lap that you're not expecting. Um, I've had when that happens. <laughs> Yeah. But, you know, I, I've had more um, referrals from other agents this year than I have in the past two years. So that was something that was a little unexpected. And I'm, you know, grateful for because that, you know, that's wonderful to have that type of relationship and be able to help. And so, um, you know, that will certainly become part of my business, I think, in connecting with other agents and making sure that I stay in front of people. Um, you know, that have referred business to me. And if I have the opportunity to refer business their way uh, to do the same. Sure. It, it's, it's always nice when it's mutual. Oh, definitely. As opposed to a one-way street. Definitely. Yes. Do you get any referrals from out of state or are they typically like just over the Washington border and coming into Portland or? So, you know, it's kind of been a little bit of um, mostly from within, you know, kind of Oregon, Washington area, but every now and then, you know, I have family on the East Coast and um, my sister-in-law is a realtor in um, New York. And so it's like, you know, sometimes there's opportunities there, but most of my referrals are still local or, you know, within the Pacific Northwest. Sure. Not, not crazy far. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is there anything that you are focused on improving this year? Like any, like social media or any other specific point in your business where you're making a, a concerted effort to do different or better than in the past? Um, social media definitely is my big goal to be better about it, more, I guess, consistent with it and um, trying to balance, you know, real estate versus more of the lifestyle and to be better about that. And so it is a struggle for me. And so and it's not something that comes easily for me. So I definitely, that's something that's really kind of my number one thing to work on. I think we, we are similar in that respect. I do have, you know, I have my Facebook realtor page. I have my Instagram. I do have an, a real estate auto posting social media service, but it could definitely be better, more personalized. And I haven't been doing video much. This is sort of my foray into stepping in that direction. Yeah. But it's very daunting. I find yes. it very daunting. Yes. 
I hate being on camera. <laughs> yeah, I, I have a, a little bit of a shyness about that, but also yeah. just the planning out of everything. I feel like I need like a whole separate planning meeting outside of my business task, just on what social media and then keeping it going. Like the, like you were saying the consistency factor, because you have to be consistent for the algorithms to keep putting your stuff out there to more and more people. If you don't, nobody's going to see it. And then it's a kind of like, what's the point? But I feel like that in it of itself is a whole learning curve that I need like a 20 year old Yes. To mentor me in. <laughs> Try to engage my my teenager to, to help me in that regard. And, um, you know, I, I feel like, yeah, it just doesn't quite click for me. And, you know, maybe that's a generational thing or just maybe just me. So it's yes, it's a challenge for sure. Yeah. Um, what advice would you give to either a brand new agent that's just starting out or somebody who is just trying to increase their volume or say double their sales from the prior year? What would be your best tips for that? Stick with it because I feel like regardless of where the economy is, you know, there's definitely cycles within real estate and times where, especially for a newer agent where you're like, is this going to work? Is this going to happen? And it's just like, just stick with it. You know, give yourself that time to grow, to learn, to learn how to get business and to just keep at it because you know, I think that it's easy to, to say, you know, gosh, you know, this is really hard. This isn't going to work. I'm spending so much money and to really just stick with it, you know, learn from anyone you can. I feel like realtors by and large are really eager to talk and to share their knowledge and, you know, which is great because we've all had experiences regardless of how long we've been in real estate that we can all learn from. Absolutely. And, you know, so it's, it's awesome to have a sounding board and people that you can go to. And then I think also too, um, I've been blessed with having great managing brokers and people that can really help you um, look at how you're writing your contracts, look at where, you know, think through things that you may not be thinking about or like, gosh, you know, I hadn't thought about that. And that could be a real sticking point, you know, later in this transaction and, or, you know, you get into a situation where you didn't write something as it should be written, or you have a problem in the transaction and being able to go to that broker for guidance and to help you through that, I think is just invaluable because um, I agree every transaction is a little bit different and even if you think you've seen it all or been through it all believe me you haven't and some no. weird thing is going to pop up where it's like oh I've never had this particular thing before now what do I do totally totally and you know you could have been in the business for 30 years and never seen you know this happen and so you know just being able to to talk to other agents and certainly a great managing broker uh, is huge that's one of the reasons i really love doing this podcast because i'm getting to talk to agents all over oregon and different areas and they you know learning how the nuances of the market are different even though we're all in the same state but different areas of the state have different things and you know obviously yeah farm and ranch and vineyard is different from Portland residential and mm -hmm. just getting that extra knowledge from people and, and building a network of people in other places too, like out at the coast, it's very different. 
Totally. And, you know, I think a lot of agents certainly could go sell or buy at the coast. You know, we can open the lock boxes and whatever, or, you know, go to Central Oregon and write a contract. But I feel you're right. Like those areas are so different and there's things that, you know, we don't necessarily know about over here. And I always refer in those situations because I'm like, you know, I don't know the nuances with like, you know, vacation rentals at the mm-hmm. coast. And that could be detrimental to a client that says, you know, that's the only reason I'm buying here and only to learn that they can't do it. So I just, I don't want to take on that responsibility and like leave it to the expert, you know. To well, do. right. To give, especially to, to give the client the highest level of service, mm-hmm. you know, that they deserve. It's like, if I'm not if I don't know what I'm doing, I don't want to pretend like I do. I would rather refer it out or say, I need to have another agent help me on this. Right. Right. No, I agree. Um, Do you have any favorite books or podcasts or other educational resources that you like to recommend? I love Inman. I read it, you know, every day and, you know, sometimes I don't get through everything, but, you know, there's always good tidbits of information in there. And I love anything economic related um, to real estate. So I love to read, you know, um, you know, Wall Street Journal, that kind of stuff. I used to be a big economist person and um, I really just like the economics of it. And then two, I've never... I, I couldn't say that I do it a hundred percent, but a lot of the ninja selling principles, you know, definitely uh, go well with that, how I operate in my business. And so I think a lot of those principles are really good. And, um, you know, I've read Larry Kendall's book. I've done some of the courses and I think that that's a really good system, tried and true. It works. And, you know, it also talks about putting the relationship before the transaction. And I just think that that's, you know, that's how I operate. That brings up a good point. Um, When you're getting clients from your immediate sphere in your everyday life, your, you know, kids, school, parents, or um, other areas of your life, how do you make it a natural transition to talk about real estate or to let people know in your regular life, what you do without being the push. (laughs) Totally. Um, You know, so sometimes I let it happen naturally instead of being like, hi, I'm Laura, I'm a realtor. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I feel like a lot of times people go you know, talk about like, oh, that house, you know, sold down the street for this. And did you see that? Or like, hey, you know, um, real estate pricing seems to be going down, you know, and like, you'll hear these conversations. And so sometimes like I'll pipe in and, you know, be like, well, you know, I think this, you know, I am a realtor and, you know, I see this happening in, you know, like Oswego, or I see this happening, you know, kind of in the Portland Metro area mm-hmm. and kind of letting some of those conversations happen naturally. Cause I feel like it's something that people like to talk about And then, you know, when people know that I'm a realtor, it's like, I feel like it's, you know, what do you see going on in the market? You know, is now a good time to sell? Um, What are some things that you see happening, you know, down the line? And, you know, it's, it's something that people like to talk about. I am amazed how often it comes up in casual conversation 
yeah. without me saying anything or just like you, it's just something that's on people's minds sometimes, you know, or mm -hmm. like, for example, the house down the street or, you know, there's something that's triggering them to talk about it. Yeah. Or like, did you see that? You know, that was, you know, that was really cool in that house. And, you know, be like, yeah, I actually did see it, you know, or, you know, and being able to talk about that. And so I guess, you know, knowing your market too. And I think we kind of fell out of the practice, myself included, of doing broker tour, but, mm. you know, familiarizing yourself with what's on the market, um, I think is huge too, because, you know, you never know, you might get that call or, think of someone that you know that is looking and you're like hey I just saw this this might be a good fit you can speak to it I think that is a really good idea and something that I personally would like to do more of too is just getting out there and you know either going to some open houses or just picking a handful of houses in a certain neighborhood to go take a look at in my immediate area so that because when you have the ability to say oh I, I just saw that the other day mm -hmm. uh, you can speak to it a lot better than pulling the listing on MLS because anybody, anybody can do that, right? Every, yeah. Everybody has Zillow, everybody has realtor.com. Yeah. They see the, almost the same thing that we see. But when you say, oh, I just walked through that house and it's much better than it looks or, or it's not as good as it looks yeah. for whatever reason, or, you know, just yeah. little tidbits like that, that you can't tell from the listing itself. Totally. And I think too, when, you know, talking about comps too, to be able to say like, yeah, I walked through that house. This is why it sold for that is really powerful too. Um, when working with sellers, because that's the kind of stuff that they can't always see, sure. you know, .com and, you know, be like, yeah, well actually it had this and that's why it sold for more. And, mm -hmm. you know, so sometimes, you know, that, you know, can work in your favor too, when talking about pricing. Definitely. Or I went to that open house and there were a hundred people there when I was there. Yeah. You know? exactly. Or there was nobody there or, you yeah. know, whatever it is. <laughs> it's rare that there's nobody there, but it has, it does happen. It's happened to me a few totally. times when I've been posted. You yes. No. Yeah. Aside from real estate, what else do you like to do? What are your hobbies outside of work? So I am a horse person, lifelong horse person. Um, you know, it's an addiction of mine. And so um have fun. I do hunter jumper um shows and I've competed my whole life. And so that's my my therapy. <laughs> How often do you get to do that nowadays? So it really varies because, um, you know, especially now, like, I feel like I have, you know, no time to do it, but, you know, sometimes in the fall, I'll, you know, I'll have more time, but, you know, usually once, maybe twice a week, I'll, I'll get out there and, uh, I love it. That's awesome. You're yeah. the first person that I've spoken to that has that particular hobby. And it's something that I'm familiar with from my childhood. Actually, my mom was really into it. But I never, I never got the horse bug as, as much, but they are beautiful. And I've been to a couple of those shows and they are fun to watch. And I can imagine as a hobby that, that is just like the ultimate thrill. Oh, I love it. And, you know, my, um, my kids didn't get the bug, which is totally, you know, totally fine. Um, so it's kind of my thing. And, and it's also, you know, my network of people where, you know, we instantly have something in common. It's like, oh, you like horses? I do too. And then, you know, you instantly have that connection. That's awesome. Um, and then what about travel or sports or do you do any other 
So um, aside from that, it's really going to, you know, kids' sports and activities. Um, my daughter's a dancer and she does lots of dance competitions. So we do that. My son plays basketball and baseball. So there's always games and practices going on. And um, I love to travel. Um, you know, I certainly don't have as much time um, to do it as I would like. But, you know, that's definitely a passion of mine as well. I'm with you. It's, it's hard. I've got two kids in, you know, one in elementary, one in high school as well. And so we can't just drop everything and run, go off somewhere, but we did manage yeah. to make it down to California for spring break to visit grandma. Nice. nice. Mm -hmm. We try, I try to do at least camping or something in the summer, even if yeah. we don't do a big trip, um, we're from back East. So maybe like every other summer, we'll take a family trip and, and fly back East, but we can't do it every single year. Yeah. If we're here, at least getting out to the coast once or twice or, or you know, weekend camping or something, because there's so much outdoor possibility where we live. Totally. So I, I try to get them out there as much as possible. If I don't, they will be glued to their video games. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like there's really life outside of the screen. <laughs> and it's beautiful. Like once they get out there, they love it. But just getting oh, totally. out the door sometimes is hard. <laughs> It's true, but it's such a beautiful state. And it really I is. One of the first things I learned after moving here is I was like, I really don't want to leave in the summer because it's so amazing. And, you know, it's just there's so many outdoorsy things to do in all parts of the state. Well, and the other thing I love is it doesn't get terribly hot in the summer, usually. Yeah. And yeah. most other places are really, really hot, like California, yes. Arizona or in the south. And I'm I don't do well with that. Yeah, no, my, my kids don't either. They're like 75, it's hot. And, you know, so it's nice that we, we do have a very temperate, you know, climate in the summer and no bugs. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> it's nice too. It is. Well, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to be here today. Are there any parting words or tips or anything else that you would like to share before we wrap up? Um, you know, it's just, uh, it's an honor, first of all, to be part of this and, uh, you know, to new agents out there, you know, stick with it. It's a fantastic career, um, very rewarding. No day is the same. And, you know, it's, even though I I've had other careers, it's like, this one is the one, you know, that's been the most rewarding and fulfilling. Sure. And if any agents that are listening would like to reach out to you, what would be the best way to find you? Okay, it's um, at LPICC97034 on Instagram. Okay, perfect. Thank you. Well, thank you for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Sure.